Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Romans chapter 12, a reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells us, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove it is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In this verse of the scripture, you will notice from the very beginning that Paul the Apostle is warning against conformity with the world. He's warning us that we should not conform with the world. He said, do not be conformed to this world. Paul went on to say that the church must engage. For us not to conform with the world, he gave us a particular process that we must follow. What we must do so that we do not look like the world. For us not to conform with the world, Paul is saying, the church must engage the process of transformation through the renewing of our mind. In other words, if you are not going to conform, your mind must be renewed. You cannot think like the whole world thinks. You cannot think like other people are thinking. If you want to be different, if you want to make sure that the will of God is fulfilled in your life, Paul is saying, number one, do not conform with the world. Number two, there has to be a renewing of your mind. He then went on to say that until we go through the process of transformation by the renewing of our mind, we will not be able to prove what is that good, what is that acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, as long as you are thinking like everybody else, as long as you are thinking like everybody in the world, as long as you are not distinguishing yourself, Paul is saying you will not be able to experience the perfect will of God. The will of God will not be made manifest to the mind that refuses transformation. That's what Paul is saying. The mind that refuses to be transformed will not experience the perfect will of God. What Paul is basically saying is that the height that we are going to attain in life, it all depends on our thinking. It depends on our thinking. It depends on what is going on inside of our hearts. As long as your mind is prepared for what God has in store for it, you are going to be able to soar. You are going to be able to move high. You are going to be able to get to the place where God is taking you. But as long as your mind is locked down on a particular issue, as long as your mind is locked down, on the particular way of thinking, as long as you are afraid to be able to step out of your safe place, you will find out that what God has in store for you will be elusive. You will see this illustrated in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2 reading from verse number 5, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondsman and coming in the likeness of a man and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, 
even the death on the cross. Now look at verse number 9. Therefore, because of his humility, because of his state of mind, because he was willing to subject his mind to the will of God, because of that, the Bible says, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those underneath the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You will notice that that particular passage of scripture that we read, in verse number start, he said, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Trying to make us understand that Christ already had a mindset of humility. There was something that was already operational in his heart. And because his heart was already humble before the Almighty God, there was no question about his submission to the Almighty God. The Bible now tells us in verse number 6, he said that he did not consider it to be robbery to be equal with God. And because of his humble state of mind, the Bible tells us in verse number 9, Therefore, God has highly exalted him. God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every one. How far we are going to go, how far the Lord will take us, uh, the kind of experiences that we are going to experience with the Almighty God is a function of the condition of our hearts. Is a function of the condition of our heart. Our exaltation in life is all a function of the condition of your heart. If your heart is right with the Lord, you will find that God opens door for you. If you think right, you will find that you are going to be able to take advantage of what God has in store for you. If you are able to process your mind and position yourself right, you will find that, that nothing, fear, limitations, anxiety, all those things will not be able to hold you back. And the question is why? Why is the mind so powerful that it's able to take us to the heights that God has purposed for us? Why is it that the mind is so powerful that it's able to determine our future? Why? If you look at Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23, reading from verse number 7, the Bible says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a person thinks in his heart, what is going through your mind what you allow to ruminate in your mind, what you pay all your attention to, what you focus your mind on, that is what you are eventually going to become. So if your mind is focused on fear, you start living a fearful life. If your mind is focused on lack, you will find that lack eventually will end up in your life. What you focus your mind on, that is what you are going to eventually become. That is what the Bible is trying to make us to understand. That as a man thinks, so he sees. And the reason that our mind shapes our heart, shapes our life, the reason our mind determines our future is because the mind has the power to process our thoughts. Whatever is going on in your life, your mind has the ability to process it. It's like an engine that produces the result of what you feed it. Number two, the mind is able to shape our future because our mind has the ability to shape whatever information that we feed into it. If you keep feeding it fear, it shapes it into fear and life begins to reflect fear in our life. Our mind is able to determine our future because our mind have a way of controlling our lives. You cannot act contrary to the way that you are thinking. You can't. Either one way or the other, the way you are thinking will find its way out. It will find expression. 
If you are happy, you cannot act otherwise. If you are unhappy, your life will reflect it. If you are stingy, your life will reflect it. If you are a generous person, your life will reflect it. If you are somebody who is loving to all people, your life will reflect it because your mind has a way of controlling the way you carry out your activity. That is why your mind is so powerful. In other words, our mind has the power to shape, to determine our future because our mind has the ability to control our decisions. The mind has the ability to control the decision. What you decide to do. Our mind controls our ability to make decisions and our decisions are what determines the outcomes of our lives. So if I decide to rise up in the morning and pray and I do that on a regular basis, my life begins to reflect my prayer. If I decide that I'm not going to pray, I'm just going to ignore talking to the Almighty God, my life will reflect it. The choices that we make determines our life. And your ability to make your choices is controlled in the mind. And that is why your mind is very, very important. So you see, our minds are important because inside our mind lies the ability to think, ability to choose, and ability to make decisions. That's why the mind is very, very important. Now, the mind is important also because it has a way of shaping the future based on the things that you feed it. The thing that feeds the mind determines how the future is shaped. You see that in the verse of the scripture we read, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. If you start reading from verse number 3, the Bible says, But I fear, lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your mind may be corrupted from the simplicity of Christ. In other words, Paul the Apostle is saying, I want you to know how important your mind is. Because I am afraid of one thing. And my fear is that the way Eve was deceived by the craftiness of the devil, it is also possible that you, if you don't understand what you are carrying about, if you don't know how to protect what you are carrying about, your mind can be easily deceived. He said, for I fear, let somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your mind may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So your mind is important simply because your mind can be deceived by a lie. That's why you pay attention to what is going on inside your heart. Your mind can be easily deceived. Number two, it is important for us to know the power of the mind because our minds can be easily corrupted based on what we expose it to. If you expose your mind to the lies that keeps on coming every day, it's just like if I keep exposing my mind and I hear and I say, wisdom is not a good boy, wisdom doesn't like me. If I keep hearing that every day, every time I see wisdom, the first thing that comes to my mind is, the guy doesn't even like me. And I don't even know that. I have not spoken to him. We have not had any dialogue. He has not shown anything. He has not given me any reason to believe that he doesn't like me. But because I kept on listening to people who are telling me that, there's a tendency for me to believe that. And that is what is happening to a lot of people. We are allowing all sorts of things to enter into our mind. And in the process, we are easily corrupt. And that's what Paul the Apostle is saying. He said, I fear that somehow, as the serpent was able to deceive Eve, through his craftiness, your mind can be easily corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. In other words, you will begin to listen to what the devil is saying. 
You begin to allow what the enemy is saying to fill your heart to the point that you no longer believe what God is saying about you. You no longer believe the word of God. You no longer believe the purpose of God for your life. You no longer believe the future that God has in store for you. But most importantly, your mind is powerful because your mind can be influenced and manipulated into action based on what you have been exposed to. If somebody keeps telling you some story that are not true, if you keep listening to it, at one point in time, you are going to believe it. And when you believe those kind of stories, you will end up acting based on your belief. And that is what is happening right now. You find out that because people don't know the power of the mind, they are not protecting it. And because they are not protecting it, their minds are being influenced in the wrong way. Paul the Apostle said that I am afraid that just like Eve was deceived, your mind too can be corrupted from the simplicity of the word of God because of what you are exposing it to. That is why it is vitally important for us to know the power of the mind to determine your future. For us to know that you need to be able to protect your mind so that you don't allow any kind of garbage to get into it. Just as we find in our culture today is that what Paul was concerned about, his fear that the mind of the people of God can be easily corrupted, that same fear is still very much with us today. You talk to a lot of believers and the conversation that comes out of their mouth is like they have never known the scriptures before. It's like they've never heard the word of God before. It's like they don't believe that God has the power to do what God is able to do. Sometimes they behave as if God is no longer on the throne. That he has been replaced by something else. Because we have been listening consistently to what the enemy has been saying. So the fear of Paul that was expressed concerning the Corinthian church is still valid today. Satan is still actively seeking ways to influence, to manipulate, and to control what we think and how we think. And the question is, why does Satan do this? Why does Satan try to manipulate the heart of the individual? Why is he interested in what is going on in our hearts? Satan is interested because Satan knows that if he can influence what you are thinking, if he can plant seeds in your mind, if he can manipulate your thought, he is able to control your action and therefore control your future. Look at the life of Eve. All he did was to suggest to Eve and say, Eve, God is not forthcoming. God doesn't want you to be like him. That's why he said you shouldn't eat this. If you eat it now, you'll be like him. You try it out. He did not force Eve. He did not put a gun to Eve's head and say you must eat the fruit. But he suggested into the mind. And Eve took that suggestion. Eve was influenced by that suggestion. Eve was manipulated by that suggestion. And the result is that there was a departure from the glory and the presence of the almighty God. So please understand. Satan is interested in knowing, in manipulating the minds of men because Satan knows that if he can influence your mind, if he can manipulate your mind, he can control you and he can control your destiny, he can control your tomorrow. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, reading from verse number 23, the Bible says that, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it, out of that heart, comes the issue of life. He said, protect your hearts. Make sure you don't allow any garbage to come into it. Make sure you don't allow anything that does not glorify the name of the Lord. Don't allow it to come in. Anything that does not make you to get to the direction that you are going. Anything that does not fulfill the purpose of God for you. Anything that does not take you to your desired future. He said, don't allow it into your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Some of us might be wondering, why is this guy talking about the heart this morning? Why are we talking about this? 
We are talking about it because now communities are beginning to try to start all over. There are those who are still finding it very difficult to step out of the shadow of death. Not because they don't want to, but because there is something that is telling them that they cannot go back there, that it's too dangerous there, that there's fear out there. There are many who are finding it very difficult to live in this new environment. That is why we are talking about this. To be able to let people know that it is time for us to move on. Because we cannot put our lives on hold forever. Because of the fear that the devil has created in our heart. Then we are talking about it because we need to step out of the shadow of the death that the enemy has created. Because we cannot live our lives in that shadow forever. We are talking about it because we know it is time for us to begin to live again. It's time for us to begin to fellowship again. It's time for us to begin to enjoy each other's company. It's time for us to begin to go out and do the things that normal people do. Because we cannot live our lives in fear forever. That's why we're talking about it. And one thing I want you to understand is that your ability to move on from whatever the enemy is throwing at us. The ability to move on as an individual. Ability to move on as a family. Ability to move on as a church is a function of what is going on inside of your hearts. If you don't believe that you are saved, you will not do anything. So to live again is a function of the condition of your heart. What is going on inside our hearts? Because our victory over the challenges that we face as individuals all depends on how we see the life that is out there. The enemy kind of likes the way we are right now. He likes that the word of God is not going out. He likes that the people of God are not fellowshipping. He knows that there is strength in the numbers of the people of God. He knows that when we come together, the Bible said if one will chase a thousand, but two will chase ten thousand. He knows there is power in fellowship. He knows that we are strengthened when iron sharpens iron. The devil knows that. And that is why the enemy does not want the church to move forward. That's why he doesn't want individuals to move forward. He wants us to continue to walk on that particular crutch that it is not safe. The enemy does not want many to step out of the shadow of death. He doesn't want many of us to begin to live life again. And so the enemy of our soul has been busy messing with the minds of so many people in our society. The enemy has been busy waging war on the minds and the hearts of men. And this war for the control of the heart of men is an unrelenting and invisible battle that is going on. And this battle for the control of the heart of man is something that has been going on for a very long time. It is unrelenting and invisible. And the interesting thing about it is that it is not only for the people who are outside. It's also for the people who are in the church. Because there are people who are depressed in the church, if you don't know. There are people who are contemplating suicide in the church, if you don't know. There are people who are hopeless, even in the church, with the message of hope that they hear on a regular basis, with a God of hope that they call their father. There are many people who cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. That is why the enemy is fighting very well to keep people, to keep them in a state where they are not able to live again. Now this battle is important because it determines how you are going to respond on a daily basis. Fighting the battle to preserve your heart, to make sure that only the word of God rules and reigns in your heart. That particular battle is important for you because how you respond to that battle, how you fight that battle, determines how you are going to respond to daily challenges. It determines how you are going to be able to see life. It determines how you respond to daily challenges. It depends on how you manage your life on a daily basis. If you allow this particular war that the enemy is posing on your mind, if you allow it to fester, if you allow it to take root, you will find that it becomes very difficult for you to manage daily life. Because you are going to operate in fear. 
You're going to operate in anxiety. Depression will now begin to find its hold in the life of individual. Many of us are saying, yes, we are participating in service online. But we know how we do it. The TV is on. You are watching whoever, your favorite preacher or whatever. Some of us who are watching at home right now are watching me. But you are also busy doing something in the kitchen. You are also busy cleaning something somewhere. You are busy going up and down. At the end of the day, the connectiveness that you get when you interact with one another is not there. And Paul the Apostle makes us to understand. He said, do not forsake the assembly of one another together. He said, for those who have done it, they have made a shipwreck of their faith. So what we are saying that this battle is important because it determines your future walk with the Lord. It determines how you see the future. Is God still going to be relevant in your life? Is the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be alive in our life? If we do not know how to guard our heart, you will find that the future will become bleak. Because you will not see the future anymore because the enemy has succeeded in clouding our mind. How you respond to the challenges that life will throw at you, how you respond to the conflict of life, all depends on what is going on inside of your heart. If your heart is troubled, are you going to take time to plan for the future? If your heart is disturbed, are you going to think about how to invest in that business? If your heart is troubled and you cannot move forward, are you going to remember how to take God prayer? You won't remember all those things because your heart is troubled. How you are going to respond on a daily basis? How you are going to respond to the challenges of life? How you are going to move forward and tackle the conflict that life throws at you on a daily basis is a function of the state of your mind. If your mind is exposed to the influence of the Holy Spirit, when we face challenges, what you will find is that your spirit will respond based on the instruction that the Holy Spirit is given. If the God of the Bible, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the dominating influence, the dominating power over your spirit, over your soul, over your heart, you will find out that when life begins to throw hurdles at you, when life begins to throw all sorts of their calamities your way, you will be able to respond based on the instruction that the God of heaven has given unto you. Because you know that he's our refuge. Because you have allowed him to influence your heart. The spirit of the almighty God is what is directing and dominating your heart. But if on the other hand your heart is dominated by another God, by another philosophy, by another ideology. When trouble comes, you are going to respond based on what that ideology is telling you. And that's why many are responding in fear. That's why many are responding in depression. There's anxiety in our midst. Because the dominating factor in our lives, unfortunately even in the church, is not the Holy Spirit. It's not the power and the presence of the Almighty God. And that is why you must fight as an individual. That's why you must, as a believer, fight for the control of your mind. Fight to be able to bring your spirit under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The question then is, how do you do it? How do you begin to fight? But before I begin to tell you how to begin to fight, we must first of all understand that for us to step out of that particular shadow that the enemy has casted over our lives for the past couple of months now, you need your mind to first of all be transformed. That's why we read the book of Romans chapter 12 in verse number 1. The Bible says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, the Bible is telling us that for us to be able to step out of the shadow of death, for us to be able to live again, we need transformation. Our minds need to be renewed. And why do you need your mind to be renewed? Because your seat of intellect, your will is resident in your mind and you need to be able to take hold of it. Because if you can't control what you are thinking, you cannot control your life. Because anything that jumps into your heart is what you are doing. 
If you cannot bring that mind onto subjection, if you can't do it, then you have lost the battle already. Number two, why must you renew your mind? You renewed your mind because our mind controls our decision-making capacity, ability to make decisions. Your mind controls it. That's why you must renew that mind. So that the information you are putting into the mind to process for information, that information is a new information. You are not processing the old information that is useless. For many of us who are involved with computers, there's this thing that's called garbage in, garbage out. If you have been feeding your mind with garbage... The result is that you are going to get garbage that is being turned out. And the Lord is saying that for you to stop seeing the garbage that is being produced, for you to stop seeing anxiety, for you to stop seeing fear, for you to stop seeing depression, stop, renew your mind, and stop allowing the garbage to come in. Why must you renew your mind? You renew your mind because our mind shapes our future through our choices. It shapes our future through the choices that we make. And you renew your mind because your mind determines your future. And because of the central role of the heart and the mind in shaping our future, that is why God is interested in your heart. And that is why God is interested in my heart. And interestingly, because of the fact that the mind is able to shape your future, that is also why the devil is interested. God is interested in your mind because he's able to bring you in the path that he wants you to go. The same thing, the devil is interested because that mind has the power to shape your future. Please understand, the heart that is not controlled by God, the heart that is not under the spirit of the Almighty God, that heart will have a difficult time living in this current environment. You can testify the number of mental health cases that have skyrocketed during this particular season. The heart that is not subject to the influence of the Holy Spirit, that mind will find it very difficult to survive in this very challenging time. And the unfortunate thing is that there are many in the church whose mind is not controlled by the Holy Spirit. And because they are not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, they are in danger of being held captive by this particular condition that we are in. And as long as our hearts are not under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we will become a pawn in the hand of the enemy. Satan and his agent, who are continuously working to be able to hold the minds of people captive, is also actively working in the church. And that's why people don't even believe in prayer anymore. People don't even pray. Talk less of believe in prayer. Satan and his agent, like I said, are actively working to control the hearts of mind of the people in the church. And the question that we are asking this morning is that, how do we free our minds from the control of the enemy of our soul? How do you fight the battle of your mind so that you can be able to win? How can you begin to make that transition from living in the shadow of death into living a life that will glorify the Almighty God after this great devastation? Second Corinthians chapter 10, reading from verse number 3, the Bible says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought, bringing every thought, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Why must you fight? The reason we must fight and win the battle for a new life is because many are held in captivity of the enemy through fear. There are many who are living in fear. The Bible tells us that he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But there are many in our society, many inside the church right now who are living in fear. They cannot step out because they believe the report of the enemy. 
Why must you fight? We fight because depression and anxiety is taking hold of so many lives. There are so many people right now who are on the verge of doing something really, really stupid to their lives. Why must you fight? We fight because there are many who are just angry with the situation because of the loss that they have suffered. They are angry because of the opportunities that they have lost. They are angry because of the things that they have not been able to do in their lives. That's why you must fight. So that anger does not take hold of your life. Why must you fight? We're fighting because we don't, you know, there are confusion and uncertainty in the hearts of so many people. Is this how we are going to continue? Where am I going to get a new job? Where am I going to get a new business? How am I going to continue? Am I going to continue to live like this? There are so many unanswered questions, so many confusion, so many uncertainty. And that is why you must do what? Control your heart so that you are not overwhelmed by all these unanswered questions. Why must you fight? We fight because there are so many people who have lost hope of the future. Lost hope of tomorrow. They don't know what tomorrow is going to hold for them. And because they don't know what tomorrow will hold, they have even stopped trying. There are many who have stopped trying. Many who have stopped looking for jobs. Many who have stopped trying to engage in business because they are not sure of what tomorrow holds. And that is why you, in order for you not to fall into that death spiral, in order for you not to continue to begin to spiral into an abyss of despondency, that is why you must control what goes into your heart. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.